So good. So um, yeah, I get to I get to do the kind of a uh, little bit of a kind of vision uh, annual meetings day um, and a little bit about 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 money. Um, I, I love the story about Franklin D. Roosevelt, who was Roosevelt, who was um, one of the most famous presidents of, of America. Many of us will know the name; others of you might not. But he was one of the premier kind of uh, uh, presidents, and. Um, he uh, really had a sense of the need for, for perspective. So um, he had a great friend who was the naturalist William um, Beebe, and uh, they used to meet together and, and talk quite often late into the night about the uh, affairs of the nation. And, you know, it's said that the president of the U.S. is the, the most powerful person um, in the world. And just had this sense of the need for a proper perspective. So after they chatted, apparently they'd go out and they'd look up into the, to the night sky, all the constellations, and they would find the lower left corner of the big square of Pegasus. I had to write it down. The lower left-hand corner of the big square of Pegasus, the constellation. And they'd look up and one of them would say a little mantra, that is a spiral galaxy of Andromeda. It's as large as our Milky Way. It's one of a hundred million galaxies. It is 750,000 light years away. It consists of 100 billion suns, each larger than our own sun. And they would pause, take a breath, look at each other, say hmm feeling humble yeah and then they'd go inside it's a real privilege to to be part of a, a larger church family it, it's a privilege to have such a diversity of of people it's an extraordinary privilege to see the resources that that God blesses us with so you may have noticed, and I do feel a slight tension in this, but you may have noticed some people doing some work on number 45 Portland Street, the, the house next door. They're, they're rushing to finish it because the team, by God's blessing that we were able to get, just happened to be available for two weeks only. Anyone struggling to get a builder at the moment? Um, well, God provided, and God's provided 45 Portland Street for us. We're going to move our, our staff offices, if you didn't already know this, we're going to move our staff offices down from down the road. Uh, two major things that that does. Uh, it brings, most importantly, all of us onto one campus, and we have a real sense of the significance of that. It will also save about £15,000 a year. And it's a both and that the Lord has, has led us in. And it's just an incredible, um, humbling thing to be part of a church family where members of this church have enabled that to happen someone particularly had a sense that it was a right thing for us as a church we so need to have a bit of a sense of the greatness of God don't we and 
and some humility and perspective. I'm conscious as I speak of the, the cost of living crisis that, that's going on. And this series, this teaching series we've done, done during May, as we've talked about God as provider and we've talked about what it means to actually live simply in response to God. And then today, thinking what it means to live generously is actually deliberate not to ignore cost of living crisis, far from it, but actually to say, what does it mean to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and to live confidently in the face of the fear, the concern, the worry that I'm sure so many of us share. And, to, and speaking to a, a church family and to those online, where some of us, as I said a couple of weeks ago, this may be a thing of, of relativity for us, you know, where can I think about going on holiday this year rather than there? For others of us in this room and in our church family, in our community online, it's a thing of absolute reality. You are trying to decide whether to heat that room or this room. And there'll be members of our church family exactly in that situation. And then Ukraine and, gosh, how have we been reminded that, you know, the foolishness of some of the things that I get bothered about and then I see how a country, a nation, is being torn apart. How much do we need to have humility and perspective? We have a team in Kenya at the moment, and I just invite us just in this second, just prayerfully to remember Tim Grew and Kevin Elliott and Abby Reed, who's come up from Mozambique. Have I forgotten anyone? Helen Moss out there now they'll be visiting some kenyan churches out going around in caricho our partner diocese as they get ready to lead a thing called rooted in jesus a discipleship teaching course and any of us who've been to that nation or other nations we've had that experience of somebody standing before us wearing their sunday best which is torn and ragged and covered in mud and they're saying, I just want to give thanks to God. I just want to give thanks to God. We are giving thanks to God this day. Um, our vision sort of values, you know, our first one. Uh, sorry, there's a video that we're going to just watch now. I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen, indeed.
just some images, just with those powerful words of Paul, just flavour of how God blessed us in 2021 and how he's leading us. I've said so many times, I hope you believe me, that Trinity only deserves to be here and only will be here if we fulfil our mission purpose. Here it is again, to make committed followers of Jesus who change communities and nations for him. A wild salmon, I hope, not a fat farmed salmon. You may remember I said that about four or five years ago when I arrived. We need to be a wild salmon with that kind of uh, passion for, for who God's calling us to be. We, we have three mission, uh, sorry, vision themes, strategic themes, so all in with God. Um, and I hope you know that prayer and worship needs to be at the centre and the heart of, of all we are. We believe in spirit ministry. It's not something that sadly is exercised in every church, the work of the Holy Spirit. And where are we heading? Well, it's, it's, it's lear this learning hub, this discipleship hub. Hopefully you've heard us talking about it. As we walk with God, to use the language that we use here, being with Jesus, becoming more like Jesus, doing more of what Jesus did. So we look back again into 21 and give thanks to all the resources that God has given us to enable all of, all of these things. And to be a hub, though, literally for learning and for growing as disciples. Thank you for playing a part in that. Our second theme, living uh, all in with each other. And so our life groups, uh, King's Table Community, Monday Church and Friday Bible Studies, Pastoral Care, all things that, that we're passionate about. Two things I mentioned last week you might not know we have. We have a hardship fund and we have our money ministry, helping people in debt. Those have particular resonance at the moment, don't they? That's part of how we use the money that we all, we all give into the life of this church. Mo moving forward, you may have noticed form was on that slide. And that's our replacement for DY. That's our new program for 18 to 23-year-olds and, and supporting and gathering them into the life of this of this church I, I said last week um, at the moment we've got some money to be able to fund two places we absolutely believe we need to be funding three places to make that a viable small group and we believe in investing as we have over the years into younger adults at that time in their ministry so if you're wondering what might trinity do if i if i make a new pledge there's a there's a something for you to think about our third one, all in for the world, where we, we're looking beyond ourselves and our uh, thing, it got a bit diverted by COVID, didn't it? But this sense of what it means to grow greener, that's the language I use to, you know, that space in our lives where we're mixing with people who don't know Jesus yet and we're naturally able to have those easy conversations. Whistle stop, uh, our music toddler group on a Wednesday perfect illustration of that uh, a barbecue last night that 40 plus men were at last night we were over in Presbury um, having sausages and burgers together but also chatting and and talking Jesus that's that's green space if we just pop it back up there you may notice spear I said said more about that last week that's a, a program that works particularly with 18s to 24 year olds who are neat not in education employment or training and Cheltenham has um, it, the percentage of needs to the uh, amount of resource 
is there's an imbalance in those things because people don't think Cheltenham needs that kind of support. So although, you know, absolute terms, there would be other places which have got more people in those circumstances, here, the percentage we have and then the amount of support, there's a real disparity. The NEAT programme, mentoring, coaching, helping people with interviews, has a 75% success rate in the centres where it runs, at helping people into education, employment and training. Now, that will cost us £50,000 in order to run that from September. And right this second, we have a bit of a deficit in our, in our current forecast. The Lord is providing, but are we going to exercise faith <laughs> for that? Do, do, do you, you know, I don't say this, I hope, foolishly, naively, not aware of circumstances. But do I believe that we have the capacity as a church family to change some lives in that kind of way? Yes, I do. Because our God provides and how it changes a family when someone can get into employment, how it would change a family. I mean, the, 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 the cost of young people not being properly provided for in our society, our community. And then planting, um, it was lovely to have Simon up and, and we're with Jennifer as they've started living on Cooper's Edge and they're going to be then get making, well, I think you're already making relationships, aren't you? That you've already been introduced as the, the church house people. And what will God do amongst Simon and Jennifer as they join us to gather a group of people to form a worshipping community in, in Cooper's Edge. Tim and our youth team, Fabric, the Fabric Youth Network. So you may have heard us pray for Fee, uh, who's currently helping on the youth team. Started a group at All Saints Academy with two girls. She's now got about 20, 25 girls who meet regularly. Um, a big percentage of those girls are not yet Christians, have no connection with any other church. The other day, she came to the team prayers. We have team prayers every Monday and Thursday. And she said, I think one of the girls who's not yet a Christian has received the Holy Spirit. What do I do about that? And she, of course, knows that actually that girl is connected with Jesus. What, what I'm going to have as the next conversation? If you want to know, again, what, if you pledge into the life of this church, what are we already doing? What would we do? There's an, there's an illustration for you. And uh, this... Summary document just gives you a few more headlines of some of the ways that God has blessed us. But I, but I hope with a massive sense of responsibility, not, not kind of in any way. I, you know, I am so sad that we can't say that every church across the whole of this town has got as many children or young people as we have. I, I, I am so sad that probably on a Sunday evening we've got you know, percentage-wise, the vast majority of young adults worshipping anywhere across the Anglican churches, across the whole diocese. I don't glory in that, but it's a massive responsibility, isn't it? And please hear me, if, if you're struggling, we see you and want to have a sense of that, and I've already given some comment about that. But if you want to know what the Lord is doing through and with us, there are just a few examples because the biblical perspective, isn't it? Malachi will be well known, well known to us as we think about generosity. The verse is just coming up, 3.10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, says the Lord, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I not, will not open the windows of heaven for you 
and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Money can buy you a dog, but only love will make it wag its tail. So there is a promise of blessing from the Lord. It may not be financial. It may be things that money can't buy. Joy, peace, love. But there is a promise of God's blessing. I'm so conscious of those of us in the room who tithe faithfully, who've tried to give to the Lord faithfully, and you've not seen numerical financial blessing. You are wondering why some people win 186 million on the lottery. Well, the Lord doesn't always do things the way that we do. But there is a promise in that verse that if we're generous in our thinking, and there's this first fruit principle that I was talking um, about last week, which is the, the fundamental principle when it comes to this thing of generosity. It's what have I got in my hands? What do I have in my hands? And how can I give first to the Lord from this? This is what we learn from our mission partners. This is what we have so much more to learn, actually, from our mission partners. Sri Lanka is not in the news in the way that it should be because Ukraine is so much in, in the news. But Liz and Roshan, two of our mission partners that we support as a church, that's another thing that God does with the money that we give. They're right in the middle of that crisis in that country, breaking down quietly hidden on page four or not making it to the top of the feed and yet they're thankful when we when we get messages from those pastors in ukraine that we're sending money to at the moment and we're having to work around all the systems that seem to stop you wanting to try and get money to the people who could do something with it um, i had to go into western union opposite the, the uh, opposite our church offices on on friday with christine to do some dodgy de it wasn't dodgy but we were you know uh, andrew Blythe is currently sending money to pastors and you know the inland revenue may want to find out where i got it from well I'll cope because they're giving it to people on the ground. The message you get back is, first of all, of thanks and gratitude. We are so grateful to God. Would, would, would that be my first? <laughs> you know, I challenge myself. If you want to change the way that money has its impact upon you, because it's a wonderful servant, money, but a terrible master, says Proverbs, then can I encourage you just to look at what you've got in your hand and make a start. That's what Nikki and I did some years ago. Jesus was at the temple. You may remember one occasion in Luke 21. Here's, here's the verses. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small coins. Truly, I tell you, said Jesus, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put all she had to live on. In the Greek... All she had to live on is literally she put in her whole life. It's never about the amount. It's always about the heart. It's always about the attitude of the heart. 
reckless, wasn't she? Do you like singing that song we sing sometimes, The Reckless Love of God? Some people really struggle with it. But um, in human terms, sowers don't cast out seed in places where there's not much seed. In human economy terms, you don't create 700 bottles of wine at a wedding when everyone's had enough already. But God does. God does. We already had it referenced by uh, Simon and Jennifer. Paul takes up this theme when speaking to the Corinthian church. There have been various collections. Uh, We can read about them in the book of Acts from different churches. And the principle has been of those in plenty giving to those in need. It's an interesting read to Corinthians because lots of commentators struggle. Is, is Paul being sarcastic with some of the things he says or is he just being really encouraging? Is he being mischievous or playful when he sort of says, look at your example. Aren't you doing so well? I kind of wonder sometimes, you know, plenty of people kind of say to me as lead pastor, well, Trinity, what a great thing Trinity is and what Trinity is doing and I feel torn when I hear them say that. I think, yes, and... (laughs) But he says to them, doesn't he, as we had it read, uh, we'll put it up just one more time, each should give what they've decided in their own heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's not the amount, it's the heart. But generosity is hard, isn't it, in our culture? Because too many people spend money on things they don't have, for things they don't really want to to impress people they don't really like. Other people should be doing more, shouldn't they? Our church is a bit like a charity, really, isn't it? Cost of living. Who knows what's round the corner? It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. And it's harder for us in this part of the world because we've got more stuff. Tim and Tim last week talking about living simply. Living generously is hard. You can only live generously from the inside out. Do you have a vision for generosity and for the way you live with stuff and money that is coming out of your heart. If when you got the pledge card or you got this thing, you just saw it as a, an external tool, if you just sort of thought to yourself, well, you know, what would be an appropriate amount to put there? If it didn't start with a heart cry, then I urge you to go back to your heart. Do you have a conviction that everything you have, everything we have, comes from God? Do you have a conviction that we are invited by God to steward with him the resources, to participate in God's good purposes with money and stuff? Yes, to meet our own needs, but then to meet the needs of others, to, to confirm vision and to, you know, the leading of a church. Is the spear thing right to do well part of the answer will be in the way that God provides financially for it that's that's how things work do you have a conviction a heart conviction that you will not run out 
if you run in to what God is doing? Do you have a conviction that God uses money and stuff to grow our Christian character and our maturity? Do you know that he so often works in times of hardship and need? He works in the hardest moments, the the, the deepest. Please, just a quick thing to say. You know, rich Christians are not good Christians. Poor Christians are not bad Christians. But he does often work when money is tight. But maybe there's others in the room who know the other truth that riches only make it harder. Do you know the parable of the talents, that parable that Jesus told, where of the master who gave, critically, first line, the master gave to his servants different amounts as he went away on business and he comes back and two have wisely put it to work, one has just buried it. Says it's out of fear. The master says, it's actually out of short-sightedness. And then verse 23 in that parable, Matthew 25. Well done, good and faithful servant. The master says to those that have taken what's in their hands, have had a conviction from the heart to use it, and says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You can use money to buy a dog, but only love will make it wag its tail. I don't know what God will put more of into your hand. It's likely to be more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more conviction to serve. But for some in the room, yes, it's more money. And if he puts more money in your hand, it's because he's calling you to a greater level of responsibility. It's a hard work that's needed. My favourite money story is the one about the little, I have told it before, the little boy, he wanted £100, desperate for 100 quid, so wrote to God a letter. Dear God, please send me £100. Put on the envelope, God, UK. Post office, look at it, don't know what to do it. They send it to Downing Street. Lands on the Prime Minister's desk. Prime Minister looks at it, thinks, oh, what a lovely, sweet thing. Let's respond. Send the little boy £5. That's a lot of money for a little boy. Letter arrives, boy opens it up, £5 disappointed writes a letter to God again dear God thank you for responding to my request Uh, I asked for a hundred pounds I do see that you had to do it through Downing Street and as usual they've taken most of it (laughs) I could say that under any political It's a heart work. It's never the amount. It's the attitude. Friends, I believe I can stand before you and say that we will steward money well. We'll do our best.
we, we look at, as a PCC, as a leadership, we genuinely think really hard about all of our spending. I, I do really genuinely feel the, the tension when we spend money on things that people might look at and say, isn't that, isn't that frivolous? Do you really need that? I'm always wanting to come back to our vision. Is, is it something that will serve our vision? We had exactly this conversation as a staff team just this week uh, about church at the farm that's coming up at the beginning of July. And should we get a bouncy castle or not? And you see, the thing is, it's not just that easy. What size bouncy castle do you buy? <laughs> Small ones are available. We're going for a big one. And that, and that is because I believe there is a real value on the smiles on families' faces. I, I do believe there is something about how God wants us at an appropriate level to jo have joy, have fun, have laughter. I, I'm praying that a few people in this building who perhaps your spouse doesn't normally come to church, you'll be able to say, come along. I'm, I'm praying there's going to be a few of our families who'll be able to say to their teenagers, they've got a great inflatable and there's going to be some games. It'll be fun. It won't be boring. And I can't really put a price on those things. But if you come to church at the farm and you see the size of the inflatable and you think that's a bit extreme... I do want you to know that I have thought and prayed hard about it, and we have. And we believe it's to do with our vision. I believe we try and steward money well here. I believe God is using us and using it in amazing ways across the world. Um, I do think there's a lot more <laughs> that we can and should will be doing so thank you last slide in my experience generosity is never a one-off thing it, it, it's something about your rule of life it, it's about the habits that you have with your money and stuff it, it can be it, it needs to be holistic there's plenty of us in the room who could put a generous amount down on that pledge card and feel that that's kind of done it. But for most of us, our time is actually, in many ways, our most valuable commodity. So how do we steward our time? You know, when I, when I talk to, to um, married couples where it's not going well, Sometimes it's a one-off thing, but usually it's just a, a drift. Not been stewarding time, maybe, with each other well. Relationships, how are we investing into them? How are we living generously? And the widow challenges one other mindset, doesn't it? I'll be generous when I've got a bit more. Holy Spirit, 
Actions speak louder than words, don't they? Thank you. Thank you for everything, God, that you give to us and the ways that you've used it. Would you create in us a right heart, a generous heart in response to you, God? The most generous God. The most completely wonderful, giving God.